Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, I'm going to be breaking down perfectionism. So I'm going to be bringing some insights from a pioneer in this specific topic, Pete Walker, from his book, From Surviving to Thriving. He describes four different trauma responses, the fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And he matches those specific trauma responses up to different uh, defense mechanisms that we have throughout our lives. So the perfectionism defense mechanism or being a perfectionist comes from the flight type. He describes that in his words, the flight type appears as if the starter button is constantly stuck in the on position. They are obsessively and compulsively driven by the unconscious belief that perfection will make them safe and lovable. He says that they relentlessly flee the inner pain of their abandonment and the lack of attachment with the symbolic flight of constant busyness. To continue, he says that perfectionism is the unparalleled defense for emotionally abandoned children. The existentially unattainability of perfection saves the child from giving up unless or until scant success forces him to retreat into the depression of a dissociative disorder or launches him hyperactively into an incipient conduct disorder. He says perfectionism also provides a sense of meaning and direction for the powerless and unsupported child. In the guise of self-control, striving to be perfect offers a simulacrum of a sense of control. He says that self-control is also safer to pursue because abandoning parents typically reserve their severest punishment for children who are vocal about their negligence. Uh, in addition, he says that as the quest for perfection fails over and over again, and as sustaining attachment remains elusive, imperfections become synonymous with shame and fear. Perceived imperfections trigger the fear of abandonment, which triggers self-hate for the imperfection, which expands abandonment into self-abandonment, which amps up the fear even further, which in turn intensifies self-disgust. This goes on and on in a downward spiral of fear and shame-encrusted abandonment. He concludes that this can go on and on for hours, for days, weeks in environmentally exasperating conditions, and for those with severe PTSD, this can become their standard mode of operating. So I'm going to go into what I believe Pete is saying in my own layman terms. Obviously, he is, is very intricate in his way he articulates. Um, here's how I understand what he says. Basically, perfectionism is founded in the idea that if I can be something that everyone accepts, I will not be abandoned, mistreated, abused. So it's faulty, of course, because the abuse has nothing to do with the victim and what the victim has done. It has to do with and everything to do with the abuser being abusive. So the victim is helpless to protect themselves. However, they self-delude that they can become perfect, and it's because of their specific imperfections. It's their fault that they're being mistreated, specifically the imperfections which get scapegoated as the reason they're being abused. And as a result, if I can just correct those imperfections and be perfect, I can be spared the abuse. So what happens is they begin to develop this inner critic that takes on the mistreatment of their abuser, that criticizing voice of their of their abuser, and ultimately abuses themselves. So they abuse themselves, and what they end up doing is they end up just criticizing their own flaws and doing whatever they possibly can to either perfect these flaws or simply to, to deny them, reject them entirely. 
So those who suffer with the obsession with becoming perfect with perfectionism will look at their family of origin or the society around them uh, to get an idea of what a perfect person uh, means, whether it's in their character, their appearance, their belongings, uh, their accomplishments, and essentially they will make whatever idea that they've identified as the perfect person into their ego ideal, uh, which becomes the main goal of their striving existence. Ultimately, they're trying to become this ego ideal, this perfect person uh, that everyone admires, because if everyone admires it and respects it, they won't be mistreated. Obviously, that's just uh, simply not true. So essentially, it's a relentless pursuit motivated by the fear of shame and not being enough. So anything short of perfection uh, is terrifying, as it would force the abuse victim to face themselves, to face the truths uh, of the fact that they're being mistreated, face their wounds, their pain, uh, face all that shame, and the truth of the fact that it's not necessarily them, it's not them at all, who is the cause of their mistreatment, but rather they are helpless against a abusive person. So as we are fully aware, perfection does not exist. This concept of, of perfection is simply fantasy. It's not necessarily about the perfection, because even when, let's say, the abuse victim reaches this, so to speak, perfection, uh, it, the pursuit never ends, because ultimately what might be perfect one moment, the next moment, perfection changes, constantly changing the idea of what perfection is. So the pursuit itself becomes the purpose of why the victim is pursuing this, uh, this idea of perfectionism, because ultimately the point is to avoid their pain. So if they're constantly running in the direction of becoming perfect, of perfectionism, then they'll be able to avoid this pain and shame of their existence. So in essence, perfectionism, this whole pursuit of perfectionism, is a way of avoiding being vulnerable in the moment and then using the excuse that I'm not perfect or the life is not perfect or the moment is not perfect or I'm not good enough and therefore I cannot be a part of this present moment experience. So victims who are plagued by perfectionism are also obsessed with how others view them because in reality, how will they know that their perfection is reached outside of other people affirming that their perfection is true? So perfectionism can be seen as a form of manipulating other people or people-pleasing. Uh, this is also where you'll see narcissistic abusers and narcissistic perpetrators who are most usually obsessed with their image and being perfect in this idea of perfectionism. Uh, or you see narcissistic families obsessing over their appearance, making sure they have that white picket fence and that everyone sees them as the perfect family because others' approval of their perfection uh, so serves to soothe and mask the inner shame of being, so to speak, permanently flawed. So in essence, perfectionism is an escape into fan fantasy and is a direct assault on the present moment existence, on reality, as we know there is no such thing as perfection. So let's talk about how to overcome being a perfectionist, the need to be perfect that plagues so many of us. So the fact of the matter is, is until we see the shame and the guilt, as well as the truth of what occurred in childhood or in our past that wounded us, we're going to see perfectionism and being perfect as a viable option, which ultimately it never is. So the truth is, is that until we sit with our shame and develop the spiritual muscles to sit and deal and be tolerant of our pain and be okay with that pain and be able to sit with it, process it, and understand it, we are going to feel this need to run and we will forever be running and perfectionism is just another way of running from ourselves. So it's never our perceived flaws that makes us feel insufficient, uh, unlovable, or damaged at the core. It is what happens is we have these negative emotions about ourselves, this the shame and the guilt and the, and the fear that, that distort our self-image about who we are and our worth, and it lies to us and tells us that we have to be something other than our true authentic selves in order to be accepted and loved. So perfectionism is 
severely damaging to our self-esteem and to our relationships as well because ultimately if we measure our sense of self against uh, if we value our sense of self against an impossibly high standard essentially we are setting ourselves up for failure and as a result of that there's going to be just more shame and this keeps us stuck in this rat race of attempting to be enough while ultimately never getting there so as a result of this, we become very difficult to be around because we are not present, we are not accepting other people, and we're not tolerant, we're not emotionally regulated, and ultimately because we're not accepting ourselves, we're not present in our own lives. And what perfectionism makes us do is, is it makes us hyper-focused on our internal flaws and when it causes us to self-reflect on ourselves with zero empathy and compassion. So we end up becoming very self-critical and uh, we turn on ourselves and we make ourselves the object of our own self-hate. We become an enemy to our own self. So only when we sit and we face ourselves with deep compassion and un unconditional acceptance can we break down this illusion of perfectionism that we thought we needed to uh, cling to in order to survive, but in fact it has no real substance. So. Compassion and acceptance and empathy will allow us to let go of that inner critic who is judging us constantly for how uh, invaluable we are because of our imperfections, and it allows us to see ourselves in a healthy light and ultimately not be so self-disrespectful or self-neglecting uh, or self just so dismayed by our own flaws, by our own existence, and allows us to make peace with who we are. Now. It is so vital to challenge the lies that we need to be something bigger, better, or stronger than who we truly are, than our messy and naturally imperfect authentic selves. When we do this, we can let go of that faulty and rigged rat race to be enough, and we get to start to accept and love who we are, which allows the love and light that shines through us naturally when we are present in the moment to shine through. And this is really what I'm referring to when I talk about being present in the moment and allowing yourself to simply show up as who you are and express yourself and be able to connect with other people because when you are living out of a false self, when you are trying constantly, relentlessly to be this perfect person, in essence, you are not allowing yourself and giving yourself permission to be yourself because you're afraid that if somebody sees your flaws, then ultimately they're going to see what a shame you are and reject you for the flawed self that you are. It's important to understand that we all have these perceived imperfections and those imperfections are not a validation to prove the core belief that I'm not enough, that I'm not lovable, and that I'm not good enough, but rather they are an indication that there's wounds that need healing. And by going into our psyche and letting go of these and dismantling these negative false narratives, these core beliefs, and shifting out of that paradigm of fear and of shame, we can ultimately shift into a way of being that's authentic. And once we do that for ourselves, we are less uh, nervous and anxious about other people's judgments because we are not so judgmental on ourselves to the point where we just reject ourselves and are looking for this perfect self that everybody loves and everybody accepts to get love and acceptance. So if you are struggling with perfectionism, uh, this is something that I myself have struggled with for a very long time, and it has plagued every element of my life because uh, it is a defense mechanism, and it doesn't allow you to be present, it doesn't allow you to be vulnerable, and it severely inhibits your ability to be intimate with yourself and other people, which ultimately breaks us down as people because we need that connection. So if you are struggling in this way, I'd be more than happy to assist you in this process of letting go of this defense mechanism, getting in touch with who you are and allow yourself to see yourself as lovable and acceptable and good enough even though you have these perceived flaws which in fact aren't necessarily flaws they're just the fact that you are a human being who innately has these uh, inconsistencies and things that aren't necessarily perfect and that's perfectly okay that doesn't now mean you are not worthy and good enough for love so if you're struggling and would like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, I'd be happy to do so. My email is yitz, Y-I-T-Z, at magnoliahealingcenter.com. You can reach me by phone, 818-210-6049. 
I want to thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best.